back to the Wine Tech Insiders podcast. Today, we're talking about the technology that we use to run our companies, to make them more productive, to make them work better, technologies that might be interesting for you. Today, our insiders are back. We have Lori from Outshinery. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Seb from Trolley. Good morning. And Jonathan from Bottle Books. Good evening. <laughs> Lori, let's start with you. Um, you have to tell us about one piece of technology that you use that you're excited about on your team. Well, one thing I would like to point out, besides being the only woman on this podcast here, I'm also happen to be the only one that doesn't know how to code. <laughs> so I really, I think, take technology on not uh, on really what it can do for me. Like, so really one thing that I love technology for is the busy work. Like everything that's repetitive, everything that's just can be done better when it's not done by me or any of my team member. Uh, so the first thing that comes to mind for me, and it's so simple, and I know I'm sure like the panelists are gonna roll their eyes, but we love at our Chinery Text Expander. And Text Expander is a little app widget that you put on your computer and it allows you with a couple of like really quick commands like typing to just deploy already pre-recorded um it can be email but what is great it also works across any app so for example if you are talking to us on our uh, chat uh you know we have a chat tool uh, drift for example in our website that would be the same a question about pricing can be answered the same way by email or in the chat bot, but having this text expander app at the, at the higher level allow us to just write once the script and have it work across anything we use. Uh, and then it has a couple of like smart things such like it knows today's date, it knows a person's name. Um, and it also is great, honestly, for onboarding a new customer success people because they get a sense of not only like the answer, but the language we use to answer, like even though we talk to, you know, we are business to business, B2B, uh, we pride ourselves in being as much as possible, like delightful and, you know, human centric, um, which sometimes is a bit, you know, of a learning curve when we onboard new, new people. So that also helps them get the right tone of voice and also not lose their mind. Like, um, yeah, so that's text expander, super simple. Um, you don't need to be a techie to use it and uh, saves hours and not just like time. It also saves, I think, sanity. Like I should ask Becca when I, when I finish this recording, but it's just like, then you don't feel like you have to reinvent the wheel ever again. I've never used it. I've never heard of it. No, <laughs> I'm going to check it out for sure. Uh, and Laurie, just one question. I'm going, I'm com completely digressing from the core topic here, but you mentioned Besides for the fact that you're, you're the only woman and you don't code, uh, you mentioned um, that you do have a slight technology kind of a, I wouldn't say a version, but you know, you're not as tech prone as us guys coding, right? Uh, the question is, how do you with your team, and I'm kind of putting myself in the shoes of a producer, small wineries here, mm -hmm. uh, and how do you, like, I'm sure you've got people on your team coming up with, oh, there's this new app, oh, there's this new thing, oh, I've been using that, oh, I've been using this. As a small business, how do you adopt versus push back uh, on those technologies from your team? Yeah, great question. Uh, 
definitely that comes up. I'm also sometimes, I may not be techie, but I'm a bit of a geek. So I'm also keeping an eye on that. Um, honestly, we use, okay, I'm going to throw another app here. We use Asana for project management. And I know, um, um, Seb, you use it as well. And I don't know if the folks at Bottle Books use it too. So we, we have, like, oh, okay, perfect. So Asana all the way. There's other ones, other project management, but out there. So in Asana, we have an overall project within this that's like, you know, tech, tech learning and tech consideration. And when somebody considers like a new, you know, piece of technology or submits it, like we just kind of create a project like, hey, here is this new app that sounds interesting or here is the latest development on that app. And then we just kind of like, we try to go like pretty fast, but like without going totally like, you know, cost analysis and like, so, like we really try to evaluate. And as much as possible, if we add something, I'm going to almost like force on the team, then what do we retire? Like to try to keep that tech stack lean and not, I think the worst part sometimes with technology is having services that keep superimposing they can do like the same things but different like yeah so yeah like with like submission I don't have like all the answers because you know I have more developers on my team that can help but at the end of the day I'm not That's the only one forcing yeah. the technology like we yeah. kind of like quickly submit and review um and also look at the cost and you know what it can do at the end of the day though my rule of thumb is more often than not, technology is always cheaper than human labor. <laughs> you know, like, like it's just like, that's kind of like, you know, even like, oh, it only saves me like two hours a week or something. Two hours a week in a year is a lot of money. This $150 yeah. app yeah. worth it. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like, so just sometimes like reminding. Uh, yeah. And, and do you find that this, this saving, this two hours a week uh, comes at a onboarding slash friction costs so the more apps the more tech you've got the more all of your team has to be across different things uh, and when you have someone new it's six seven new things as opposed to one new thing well what we tried uh, one of the big consideration when we adopt new tech is how it can integrate with our already existing tech so sometimes some of the the tech we use actually we almost don't enter like interface with it, it will be all within Slack, for example. It's using, you know, another piece of software, like let's say yep. Drift, like the messaging bot that I mentioned, but our own, like my team interaction with Drift is just another channel in Slack. So like, it's not a new app uh, that way. So I think very conscious of that. Like, I mean, we all heard the studies of multitasking is not working, right? Like, like you know, like that doesn't give the best uh, results. So. Exactly, like trying to find, um, yeah, like not having like 20 different apps open. And that is why, for example, text expander, that's why we make this decision because you could record in Gmail your script email. You could record in Drift your pre-written answer. You could, but just but each time, and then we change your pricing structure, then you have to update all these scripts in all these different apps. Chances are some are going to be missed. <laughs> it's pretty high. So like this way, just like, okay, let's just go one level up, one, you know, bad analogy, but one app to rule them all on that level. Like we just change that one script and it will deploy, you know, wherever yeah, we're using enough. it. Uh, we I think it's a, here, but... it's a very interesting topic um, because we, we tend, us coding guys, <laughs> uh, I think we tend to forget um, that technology is 
I wouldn't say natural to us, right? And especially, I think I'm looking at Jonathan, I'm looking at David here, we're all getting old, right? We've got the <laughs> kids coming around, pushing us with the new technologies and the new things. Uh, but this being said, we are definitely comfortable with technology. And I think the interesting thing to keep in mind is that not everyone is. Mm -hmm. um, for us, like you mentioned, Asana, uh, well, 12 months ago, we actually shift away from Asana into ClickUp, right? Mm. Because we had... Cost-wise, we do the same thing as you. So every six months, every six to 12 months, we review different apps. Who's got access to what? I would love to hear because literally we studied six months ago, should we switch to ClickUp? And it was, and it was, it was, and it's just like, oh, like it was just like, would it be involved? And we had, it was just like, okay, like when not, so it's definitely ClickUp every six months, I ask myself the question in which like it's, yeah. So it's, it's always in flux. I don't think, I don't think you can say like one tech solution is going to be forever the right one. Like, I mean, I remember just personal experience, but like when we started our channel, we started with UpSpot and negotiated a startup price, but then you know, when it was just like, oh, that yeah. does not work. Like, it's just like, you know, like, like pull out. Uh, so it, I think, it's I think the same it's something thing, exactly the same thing with us yeah. on HubSpot. It was, it was yeah. great, but then the price just escalated and escalated and we're like, like yeah, and escalated yeah. like insane escalation. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, um, and the close, like, yeah, I mean, it had other issues, but I think it's something that I really want to point out. Like you, you can make wrong choices with your tech in a way, but they may have been right at the time you made them. And, and that's, you know, like also we're not privy, is that how you say it, privy of this tech company's roadmap. Like they are themselves developing, building, doing new thing. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one, one tech, I'm going to jump in. One piece of tech that we use and we've used for years in different companies and in different endeavors that I think is essential to anyone running a business that's got more than one person. <laughs> uh, even if you only got one person, it's essential. It's not wine-centric. It's not startup. It's not tech-centric. Uh, it's a piece of technology called 1Password. Uh, there are a few alternatives. LastPass, uh, I know her of. Uh, we ditched LastPass and we started using 1Password about two or three years ago. Uh, but the idea here is that this is a, an encrypted vault uh, for passwords to be stored in, for logins, for credentials to be stored in. Uh, we add all of the credit card details that we use. We add expiry of licenses. Um, and one password, the beauty of it uh, is that they also have all, obviously different apps, right? So you're on your phone, you get access, you have access to all of your passwords. Uh, you're on your tablet, you're on the computer, you've got access to all of that, but you can also share those passwords. Uh, and that's where it becomes quite crucial, I think. From my perspective, look, I've been in tech for the last 25 years, um, and I cringe when I see a password in plain text in a public channel. Oh, that's the login, that's the password we use. Mm -hmm. uh, and I pretty much have a rule where we do not exchange password in clear text mm -hmm. uh, internally because we have that technology allowing us to um, grant access and share passwords. And like, likewise, as you mentioned, Laurie, uh, when you've got someone leaving, well, mm -hmm. you can just cut them off, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's where it becomes as a business. Look, I think it's I think it's five bucks a month per user. I don't know how much it costs, um, but it's definitely worth the investment. Everyone should have it. Yeah. Bottle books. Have you got one password, or have you got LastPass? 
have you got a spreadsheet? <laughs> um, we uh, we don't have um, passwords because all the software has um, individual user accounts on there. So basically, when somebody uh, when somebody joins the team or leaves the team, then we're basically just adding in a user account to there. So it's not like one password for everybody, but rather mm -hmm. it's um, each user has their own um, account on all of our software. So I don't think we have any shared um, shared passwords um, that we're trading around. Um, so it's going to change your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. LastPass. Yeah. Uh, last yeah, we use LastPass. Okay. Mm -hmm. Until until you're using LastPass until I get really fucking tired of it and I'm gonna push you out of it. No, because like once love, you try one password, there's no turning back. Absolutely, like LastPass, I love what it does, but like the, the ex, like the user experience of Vault and everything, I'm I'm not sold. But most of the time, like you said, I'm on my phone, I need to access, and I just unlock LastPass with my thumbprint, and I can access oh, yeah. my like so oh, yeah. it does a job especially when I don't see it. As soon as I need to do like more things with it, it's definitely a bit cumbersome. Yeah, the, the, the backend UI is an absolute, it's absolute terrible. Thing. <laughs> um, another, another technology I'm curious to hear you guys about uh, with regards to um, uh, small producers, right? Uh, the concept of live chat uh, has evolved quite a bit uh, in the last two or three years. Laurie, you mentioned uh, using Drift. Uh, mm -hmm. We use Intercom. We've used different platforms at different stages. Um, and um, the, the big question I have is, is not really on the tech front, but what do you guys think uh, as to whether it would be beneficial uh, or uh, more hurtful to a brand in having a live chat widget on the website, but the live chat not being live? The live chat being a form or the live chat being a, oh, we'll get back to you in 48 hours or whatever. Well, Is that beneficial to a small winery? Well, I mean, uh, we use Drift. I know Drift is not necessarily like the best for consumer brand, like maybe like more B2B. And full disclosure, because we've been super long-term clients, we are grandfathers, we have we have a very, very good price. Um, but what Drift does so is you set office hours, in Drift, so when that's open and when there is a, like when they see like a, one of my team like kind of online, then it is a live chat. Otherwise, it's by default not claiming to be live. It's like, hey, I'm the outchannery bot. Can I help you? And it's plugged in into your uh, like the help section, so it goes find the the answer on its own. Um, it you know suggests like to book like a, a call with me maybe for 20 minutes if you have like other uh questions especially if that person has come like maybe twice to the website or things like that so for us our channel we we use it a lot live but like as soon as it's not live for example even uh when like uh, you know my teammate is away on like a, a long lunch break or whatever like that then it it kind of revert um to a bot like it's just like hey like like so i think being transparent with that. I think there's nothing worse than a fake life. And I think people can call it out as well. Um, so hopefully the technology can, you know, like the app you're using should pick up on that. Um, Look, I, I was talking to Winery just last week about it. Uh, and the, the idea is that, I mean, most producers we deal with have got less than half a dozen employees, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so they don't have like the concept of business hours Mm -hmm. They don't have someone to come in 
and just sit nine to five and answer questions. So, and that goes back to my point of like trying to integrate it. Um, you know, maybe that yeah. team uses Slack or maybe they uses, you know, SMS or something like that. It's just like, how do you make it exactly not sit on that? But then if there is an alert, sometimes they also have like, you know, Chrome extension or something like that so that it's notified. One thing that's also fascinating is, and I mean, I'm sure we're all guilty of that. When I use live chat constantly, I would use live chat anytime over, like calling me on the phone, like anytime. Uh, everyone. Uh, everyone. And wow. is we are not patient of how long we're going to wait. Like the bigger companies to tell you how, where you are in the queue, like, okay, position two, position 23, you're like, okay, so I know I can wait. But like typically like systems that are just like smaller company, um, people expect an answer within like, a minute to three minutes and three minutes is already like there's a lot of people like you know like leaving the page or something like that so making sure that you have that system in place so if even though it's office hours and nobody is answering because you know we are small teams and maybe either it doesn't get noticed or you're already on the phone or anything or on a zoom call um we try to capture that email asking like hey like what was your question let me get back to you and we get to get an alert by email, but also via yeah. um, via Slack, um, just like being transparent that way, and yeah, trying to make it just one, yeah. But for and us, okay, it was um, it was essentially like a lot that's of pretty much what we. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I like a lot We're of having a, some internet challenge. Is it me? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Bloody computers. Uh, it was just saying, like, like for us, like it's incredible, like how much we interact on on the chat and that's also probably because on purpose we don't really put our own phone number obviously we have a toll free number but we try to keep that a bit more you know behind the curtain because it's always easier to answer by you know live chat than on the phone like mm. more efficient oh, as well. yeah. 100%. Mm -hmm. Jonathan what are you what technology um have you been into recently are you excited about well I, I think uh, first, also just referring back to the foundational technologies, um, it still amazes us um, how many physical Excel documents we are uh, sent um, with information. Um, and and considering also that there is Office 365 that you could send a link with, or um, and then Google Docs has been around forever. But I think we we focus on internally we standardized on Google Docs um, just because. It makes it super easy um, to collaborate internally, collaborate uh, with any customer around the world because pretty much everybody has a Google account at this point and can read and access the docs. Um, and what also is uh, cool about it is, um, uh, is everything is versioned. So you make a mistake, you delete something, um, it's, it's easy to, to get it back. Um, uh, so it's it's all these things that you just don't have with physical documents with Excel. You you hit that save button, and whatever you had before is is gone, is toast. Um, so uh, and then we've also there's uh, you know it's also really um, interesting to see how many different software programs integrate with Google Docs as well seamlessly, mm -hmm. whether it's Slack. Um, when we're enriching the content in one of our event directories, um, we actually have an integration. We didn't build it, but we are able to, there's a third-party plugin that we're able to suck in data from any, from any Google Docs. So if you want to introduce 
um, data from another system. Um, we don't have to do an expensive integration with that system. You can just uh, update the Google Doc and the next mm -hmm. time you deploy the site, all that data is updated. So um, it's really from a basic usage standpoint, basic collaboration, uh, versioning and even integrating as really a lightweight database into into your projects. Um, it's it's extremely versatile. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about uh, social media? Um, anybody found a great um, uh, system, a great uh, um, uh, tech stack, or or anything to manage? Uh, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, uh, anything that creates does it all for you or <laughs> I know at our channel you know we tried like later and a couple of I mean you know I'm right next to um you know located in Vancouver Hootsuite headquarters are right down the street and everything tried those a couple of years ago and back and forth and at the end of the day uh right now we're all native uh so that means that we don't use those apps that kind of like more trouble, like not more trouble, but not worth the expenditure, like not, it's not so much expenditure, but like the, like the time and everything and then the reward. It all, it's not like um, Facebook and everything is not super transparent, but we felt like by scheduling like that way, we kind of get danged on the, how it gets then, you know, published in the feed. Like if you had like less reach for, we couldn't explain it. So long story short, um, right now, we actually, you know, go on Facebook uh, to do both Instagram and Facebook, go on Twitter. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. So we tried. And for us, we did, we don't use any. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what would you said? Uh, pretty much the same, actually. Uh, and I think, look, it's probably a, a factor. It's not a technology factor. I think it's this, a business size factor. Um, we are all small technology small. businesses, uh, same as like most wineries we deal with. Most of them produce less than 10,000 cases a year, right? A vast majority well below that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they don't have a dedicated marketing and social team. Um, and so we are doing the same thing, right? So we, we tried Buffer, we tried Hootsuite, mm -hmm. uh, and they're great tools, no doubt, uh, but you need to have a full-blown social calendar and, and content planning and he didn't needed to have the whole thing on a three months six months ahead to really make the most value out of it um and same as you guys so trolley is basically doing more or less everything native everything by hand we're going into different channels and we're posting here and there and look i'm ashamed to say but as a technology company uh we we release features we release code uh, far more often uh, then we release social media posts, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I think that, that's, that's, that's interesting um, as well, because it's like the um, technology only does the technology, but it doesn't do, it doesn't actually run itself um, yeah. in many cases. And so I think like that's something also we've struggled um, internally is to, um, is to get in the habit of, of that. And so that's been actually dedicated focus to get a social media plan in place that we're maybe not posting, you know, we're definitely not posting five times a day. We're rarely posting mm -hmm. once a day, but making sure that we're at least out there um, once a week 
um, because that is a, that in and of itself um, we feel uh, is important because how many times do you go to a company's site or to a company's uh, Twitter feed and it just looks stale? Mm-hmm. Um, and in in the world of of tech, people are wondering, okay, I haven't I I bumped into you three years ago, um, and I want to see what's going on. And they go to your your social, and they either see you know heart like things that you're posting every week. It doesn't have to be a flood of information, but to just see that you are posting um, updates and 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 that you're out there, it's really it's really important to. Um, yeah, keeping those relationships and um, yeah, even if it's but, just or, or to keep. I think you, you hint at it. I mean, it's it's a bit shallow, but to even also keep appearances, right? Like exactly, like some things that hasn't been active. You know, maybe even like a LinkedIn, um, you know, professional like business page is like wow, like you you created it and your last update is like two years ago. Like it just is like a bit odd, you know. Uh, one thing as well, like wanted to point out is, you know, the different when we say social media, like, like for uh, from us at Outchannery, what we mean mostly is like Facebook, Instagram, uh, a little bit Twitter and LinkedIn, uh, which may not work like for like for producers, but like as a you know professional service works pretty great for us, and those platforms where they are all considered social media, uh, they they kind of have different tone and feel, they have different capabilities as well and like in terms of like tagging and everything. So I found as well sometimes like you get more inspiration and get more on point when you are actually in the app natively rather than like, let's try to write something that can then just be like bombarded the same across other channels. Like technically you, you think you get efficiency, but you actually like don't do anything. And recently at our channel, like we kind of switched a little bit. We used to have more of a social media plan with like a really more dedicated social media person. Um, and I don't know if it's a fact of, you know, Facebook and not or Meta, whatever you want to call them. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, um, we kind of switched a little bit. And now we really have social media more like as a expansion of our regular like marketing release plan so let's say we do like a a new feature or a new workshop it's always built uh, into a sign up project management that we will amplify with social media we will amplify but it's kind of like coming that way versus like let's go social media first and then deploy um so just like something that we we're experimenting with it's always never fixed never fixed maybe technology or social media um, um, we, we touched upon um, uh, HubSpot, um, uh, which is a way a, 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 where you can keep your customer data, so your your best customers. Um, uh, what do what are you guys using um, as a, a customer management system? Uh, so for us, our active campaign and uh, combined with um, Airtable. Interesting. No, no, because you mentioned Asana and ClickUp uh, earlier on, and we switched across to ClickUp for primarily, I mean, there's a number of different features that we were lacking in Asana, um, and a number of features in Asana which just weren't user-friendly at all, uh, but also Airtable is something that we looked into and we found that ClickUp was a good mixture of Asana and Airtable together. 
Um, but look, we, we also, we do use, uh, so we use a mixture of different things and all of our systems uh, are connected, but we effectively use uh, active campaign as well for uh, all marketing uh, and account yeah. tracking purposes. Uh, as much as, look, it's not, we talked about HubSpot, we try different CRM. I think active campaign is, is far from being the best out there. But technically speaking, it's it's pretty fucking capable when it works. Yeah. Um, even though that's the one challenge. Um, and we also use Intercom. Uh, so Intercom for documentation and chatting kind of a, and, and ticketing and support, all that kind of a stuff. That's integrated with Active Campaign and also integrated with our backend uh, trolley platform altogether. Um, so there's data being shared all the way across. And we also have a link. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> no enough coffee uh, we also have a link back into uh, github so in terms of managing uh, <clears throat> issues or issues raised or new features requested all of that is stored in github um, so we don't really have customer data but we have a link between github and intercom and active campaign so when someone requests a feature uh, we're then capable of notifying them that this feature has now been released when they've requested it. All kind of integrated with GitHub, which is coding, which is geeky kind of a shit. But the <laughs> idea is that when there's a line of code that gets committed as being final, it gets reviewed, it gets released, it goes into a testing plan, and automatically that information feeds back into active campaign to come. Um, wow. Not perfect, not perfect as an overall setup. <laughs> Uh, but it's definitely working, yeah. But there's no, look, I'm, I'm ashamed to say there's no perfect CRM from, from no. everything we looked at. Yeah. HubSpot has got great marketing, uh, but their underlying technology was not, a, not, was not even more impressive than, than others. And uh, the cost so, yeah. is crazy. Uh, look, Intercom <laughs> is the same, right? Intercom has a startup plan. Uh, which as a small business, you get access to, and it's like 65 bucks a month or whatever. And 12 months later, it's 1300 a month. Same <laughs> as HubSpot, right? You're starting at like 50 bucks a month and like it's two grand a month, lately, 12 months mm -hmm. later. Yeah. Look, yeah. You, need, you need to have a serious churn, a serious throughput, a serious amount of cash going through in order to have five or six of those, you know, two to three grand a month expenses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and some of these, they, they still offer free plans. So we're, we still use HubSpot and we pay nothing for it because um, mm -hmm. uh, depending on what you're using it for, it's a great sales collaboration tool between different people because um, unlike your email, which is all isolated to different, uh, to different people, um, because it's integrated with our Gmail, um, all of our conversation, it organizes, we use it to basically to organize our conversations according to customer. So if there's multiple people working with that customer, um, even if it's in different teams, we're able to go in there and see all those conversations in, the, um, in, in one place. And so it's, we're using it more as an organization tool as opposed to like the full blown yeah. thing. But for us, that's already a, a big step forward than just having all of the, um, all of the customer contacts locked up in emails and, it also is great for um, when there are rotations through the through the team that uh, you know you're decommissioning somebody's email account, but um, HubSpot still has a record of what was what was sent without you having to go and maintain different things. So yeah. from that from that sort of organization perspective, we still find it valuable. But yeah, to to pay the full right after it expires after a year, it's like. Uh, 
<laughs> it's uh yeah their price their price ranges are obviously uh set for the fortune uh the fortune 500 yeah and, and look um, i'm kind of a i'm looking at it in a sense where like intercom right intercom has been has been heavily um funded in the last few years it's a massive product uh, they're charging 65 bucks for startup and then 1300 and something uh, 12 months later as a minimum mm -hmm. right and yet there's a bunch of features which have been there since day one mm -hmm. and i'm sorry they're not working <laughs> they still have to go back to their team and then a week two weeks three weeks later okay yeah we fixed it <laughs> and i'm like how could you pay 13 1400 bucks a month and then still have these kind of issues oh my god oh my god oh my god no comments no comments i should have been a psychologist instead of a technology specialist <laughs> but not, just talk about sorry Lori, go ahead no no but it's, it's important to you know like what you save at the beginning again on like these plans and I, I think we've all been guilty at it's just like looking okay what does that mean in 12 months because there is a real cost both time and money to also switch tech so personally like i thought i was doing great again you know, budding entrepreneur, like upspot, negotiate the rate, great. Uh, and then I uh, have this cost. One thing I would recommend though, especially all these apps, you know, what we call SaaS, um, is you can try to negotiate. Like I know for Drift, uh, I understood uh, the person, it was almost the end of their quarter and I knew he wanted to meet his quota. And it's just like, what, what price can you give me per month? And so we got a special price at the time and now drift as expanded and, and we are like paying like I think a third of what would it be right now because I was already got a discount but then they never changed it so keep in mind that sometimes a slightly smaller discount on something that repeats monthly way better than a you know one year and then it just goes nuts on the price like it's I mean it's, it's basic math but it, it's worth looking at that because it's really yeah, it, it makes a lot of difference. <laughs> Jonathan, how, how much time do you spend thinking about these topics, managing these topics? You know, what is, is it, um, it does, does it really make a difference? Is it important? Uh, what do you think about the overall management and thinking about trying to get a handle on these? Um, I think is, I mean, tech is obviously moving forward extremely quickly. Um, uh, I think we have not changed our tools at Bottlebook so often since we um, since we started. So like the transition, like we've only for a collaboration tool, we've only made one transition, and that was from uh, Skype to uh, to Slack two or three years <laughs> ago. Um, and I mean that was there. There were it sounds simple, but there were there were some uh, there were some getting used to. Um, in just the way that it works and it was enough of a culture change um, at the time now it works and um, we're not sending emails internally which i think is the biggest thing and does integrate with the different software so we i think we're not we don't spend a lot of time looking elsewhere because it works it does what we need it to do and we we there's other topics that we prioritize that we're pri that we that we prioritize looking at um, and i would say that's with a lot of a lot of the technologies we might hold on to that perhaps longer there might be a better technology out there but the technology that we chose originally might still be um fulfilling the original okay. objectives and if it's not as strategic if it's not strategic if it's not going to like double what we're doing or 10x what we're doing um 
then as you said, Laurie, there is a there is a changeover cost and you do have to rethink things, you do have to rekey things, you do have to um, you know, retrain and move your habits over there. And that's that's um, that's there is there is an investment you have to make when you're going to uh, to move. Can I can I share something? When we were like on the Zoom call, I literally went into uh, we keep um, um, in Airtable like um, a tech stack tab. So I just checked since the beginning of our channery, we use eighty one different tech services. And when it's going with all the way to WordPress plugins, so like we're like with you know tech things that just requires you to log in and sometime pay. Not all of them are, you pay for. So eighty one, and right now the one that we have active. So I'm also uh, make sure that you know people are responsible. We have fifty eight right now that are active, and for each of these fifty eight, we have um, like a short description of what this. Okay, so. Smush, for example, which another one responsible. Smush is an image optimization, compression, and CDN, and it includes Hummingbird Pro, and it's actually Look that is responsible overall for that app uh, on the team. But like, like me as a business owner, I'm like, okay, and this right now costs us zero dollars. Um, and then we have, you know, like other ones and things like that. Uh, you know, more like Active Campaign. This costs us a few grand a year. Um, but like, it's just like really interesting to just have that visible and 58, you know, I'm looking at this now, it's like, still, there's a lot, right? Like, it's just like quite a bit, not all of them are paid, but one thing that I'm really like to do with my team is empower them for each of these 58, even though they're all accessible through LastPass, like, you know, if you, if, if we want to, um, like the person more often than not that initiated that first set it up if they're still in the team, they are the one responsible for making sure this is still like, um, you know, useful and things like that. And they're the one responsible for that, for that tech app. And then, like I said, every six months kind of review is just like, okay, do we still need that? We are soon to retire our WordPress website and I can right away see, okay, this eight plugins, gotta go make sure we stop the subscription when that's the case, you know, like just like all of that. Um, and then just not to go like over the top, like at all of this app, we also use the app to, not app, like we use math to see if it's related to customer acquisition cost. So some app like they use like different things. So like this, it helps us like, okay, how much money do we spend beyond just counting paid ads? You know, like you need all this other app to manage. Um, how much does it cost us to get one new paid customer um, that way? So that's more like on the data part, but again, the, all this tech, are not free. And so you have to make sure that you, you count them. Like they, they have to do something for you, maybe time, return on investment. And that would be um, something I would encourage people to think about uh, when adopting. Seb, uh, a lot of small wineries come to you and I'm sure a few of them have some tech anxiety. And for those two listeners who have tech anxiety and who have made it this far in the podcast, <laughs> What is your advice for them of how to manage 58 or whatever, but even to manage five different services or whatever? And on top, on top of which that they also have to manage their tech, their accounting, their marketing strategy, their branding and their product placement. They have to manage everything, right? So I think tech anxiety is an understatement. Uh, let's put it this way. Uh, my look, I'm a technology kind of a guy. I've always, same as Jonathan, right? I'm really proning really hard 
at least try it. Just don't say no up front, at least try it. Uh, and one strategy that has worked quite well with a few, a few wineries that I got really close with over the years um, is to try and allocate time, right? So as a small business, a lot of them are just running, trying to keep operating, right? They're not strategically speaking, they're not spending a whole lot of time on thinking about the business. They're spending most of their time running the business. Um, and one of the strategy, and, and I use that myself to manage my time, is really to try and have time slots during the week where I'm going to try really, 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 really hard to focus on something that is not operational. Uh, so from my perspective, okay, don't, 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 tell, don't tell anyone, but on the Saturday afternoon, that's my slot where I muck around with a piece of software that I want to just check out, right? I want to play around. I want to install and install it. Uh, so I, I've suggested to a few wineries, try and just put like a two hours on the Wednesday morning from 10 to 12, you know, it's a bit more quiet and put that in terms of you're not doing accounting, you're not doing customer support, you're not shipping orders, you're not doing anything else but try and have a bit of a play with a new piece of tech and see what you could get out of it. Because as a business owner, quite often you open up a new app and you quickly start realizing, oh, I could do this with that. Oh, I could do that with this. Um, and that's allowed a lot of those wineries to stay up front with regards to technologies because anyone falling behind today is okay. Just barely kind of a, you know, keep, make it keeping by. Yeah. And I would suggest as one in these two hours uh, as well that you can dedicate is try your own website. <laughs> I think we're all guilty of that. Like, you know, like, and even as a winery, it's just like, when was the last time you went on your website and tried to place an order? I think that's also like some things that just a bit fascinating um, that way too. Or just um, one, I mean, it's not technology, but one thing I would recommend as well, like for us, we shared um, a Dropbox um, folder that we call like swipe files and we take screen captures it can be anyone on the team we just have as a shortcut like oh this was a cool email or I like I like this feature or something and we just you know like we don't want this to interrupt like oh, the day but I like, just kind of like put it away and it's easy to just store but then if you then you have to make yourself time like, okay in the next two hours I'm going to look you know what was added to that folder and see what we can maybe like borrow get inspired you know, like everything, it's very easy to use Evernote and clip uh, uh, an, uh, an article and then never actually read it, right? Like it's like the technology do its part, but like you still have as a as a human consciously decide, yeah. okay, what do you do with it? <laughs> How do you? And, and I also have the same thing with regards to. So I have a, a technology time slot and I have a reading time slot. Uh, I think it's important, especially us as technology companies and wineries kind of want to know what's happening in the industry. We get too many newsletters, we get too many pop-ups, too many of that, but it's important to take one, two hours a week and set that aside towards education, news, what's happening in the world, what's happening in the industry, what's happening with technology. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing, same thing. Jonathan, uh, last word to you. Um, are there, is, there, is there a tip that you, you do? Is there something, do you take a break? Do you, uh, do you find uh, something really works well with you? Feed the kids. Uh, feed the kids. <laughs> um, I would uh, 
just build on top of what Sub said is um, go out and have fun experimenting. Um, I mean, it's it's technology also, I mean, it's not just about the nuts and the bolts of the business, but it, it should also be fun um, and um, just to play around with stuff. And um, I think it's now is one of the best times um, ever to have a business and to be able to go out and have all these tools at your fingertips, 58 different softwares. I mean, 10 years ago, like, <laughs> you know, you just the variety wasn't, I mean, even with a tech uh, oriented economy, yeah. 10 years ago, you wouldn't have had 58 tools out there. Um, uh, and I think there's just, there is something out there for everyone. And mm-hmm. uh, you're not going to know if you don't, yeah. if you don't try. Yeah. And, and I would, I would definitely argue as small businesses. So we deal mostly with small businesses, right? Um, ultimately, there is an edge in being able to say, okay, we've updated our website and it took, you know, the weekend, it took a day. We want, as a business owner, I wanted a new chat, poof, it's live. Mm-hmm. There's, there's an edge in using and adopting technology that larger brands don't have, mm-hmm. right? So it takes a whole lot longer for Constellation to adopt a new piece of software and use it at large. Whereas a small winery at, you know, the top of Oregon, can roll out a new piece of tech for their consumer or to help their business immediately. And I think just maybe my parting thought is, you know, the right tech for you is an enabler, like a positive enabler. Like I think it's something, I think if you also sometimes change a little bit the mindset, not, you know, like of that technology allows this, that technology allows me to do three there's three chats with customers to have them with their order versus three phone calls that would have taken me like one and a half hour and three voicemails to get through. Um, you know, like the creative, like I think there's, I don't know, maybe it's like my naivety or like my approach to life in general, but like it's just, you know, done right. It actually is, can give you like a, a balance of energy and creativity. And again, cut down on this busyness that I mentioned earlier, like, because that's soul crushing, that takes time, but for no reason, you know, like when, it, when it's not necessary. So then you can actually free the time to do things that matter or are at least more rewarding as well. Um, I think it's, yeah, like team wise, like avoid, you know, technology yeah. done well can avoid team, not even burnout, but even like turnover or things like that, right? Which is, has a cost a lot as well. Yeah. Well, that was episode 24 of the Wine Tech Insiders podcast, the technology we use to run our companies. I'd like to thank our insiders again, Jonathan from Bottle Books, Lori from Outshinery, and Seb from Trolley. See you all again in a few weeks. See you guys. Have a good Bye. week. Ciao.